Oh, we missed some of the fun pre-show banter for outtakes, so we have to have some good ones that I have to cut out of the actual editing. Well, we could re-say them. <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> We'll restage everything. Halo was the reason I bought an Xbox. <laughs> I gotta say, any English major I know is really weird, though. <laughs> One of my best English friends is an English major, and he's a freaking nut job. <laughs> You know, it occurs to me that if we never actually introduced him as anything other than Moog, no one would probably notice. <laughs> my grandma called a few minutes ago and didn't know who I wa- didn't know if it was me or my dad. I went to college in Nebraska and people thought I was weird. I mean, because I say war, and I mean, my my response is always, "Okay, say the word car." I mean, how do you say it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just because you pronounce it like whore doesn't mean I do. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to The Cavern Today Over the Fence. For a little background on the Over the Fence production, The Cavern Today was originally conceived as a fan project surrounding Uru in specific and the Mist franchise in general, with its roots beginning in the time of Until Uru. However, Uru just isn't happening now, although there might be some news on that front. Hush hush. And while we at The Cavern Today wish Cyan the best, whether we wanted to or not, we've all moved on into other pursuits in games and technology. We're fans of the Mist and Uru adventure games, but like many of you, we're fans of other games, other game genres, tech, and many things that in some cases only tangentially tie into the Mist universe. So with that, we give you Over the Fence Episode 3 for November 18th, 2009. With us today, we have a treat. We have uh, the son of Griff, or what people will know as Moog. We have Ben. Say hi, Ben. Hey, everybody. Uh, We have Patrick, or Morris. Hello. And we have Jeff, formerly known as Jeff. Hi. (laughs) The Jeff, formerly known as Jeff. So to to kick it right off, uh, first bullet point, and these are in no particular order. Uh, The Unreal 3 engine is now freely available for uh, use and development. Of course, if you release something in retail, you have to pay a fee. But in any case, um, I think the Unreal 3 engine is a very notable engine because it's in a lot of games. I mean, mean, it's almost like a who's who's list in the gaming industry, like Batman, Arkham Asylum, Bioshock 1 and 2, Borderlands, which was recently released, Gears of War 1 and 2. Actually, Gears of War was the first tech demo that we actually saw of the Unreal 3 engine before it was even in a game. Uh, Mass Effect 1 and 2, Mirror's Edge, Rainbow Six, Vegas 1 and 2, Unreal Tournament 3, just to name a few. There's plenty of them. I think this is an impressive event, something great for anyone who, who wants to dabble in this kind of thing. Uh, the licensing fees seem awfully pricey, but then again, I think developing games is not cheap. Has, has anyone ever priced out, just for the heck of it, what it would cost it to to license an engine for development? Or is that just me? <laughs> uh, probably just you. <laughs> <laughs> when Unreal 3, the Unreal Engine 3 was first released, like uh, when Gears of War around that time, uh, I believe the fee just to license the engine was a hundred grand. Yeesh. You know, so you know if if anyone had any dreams of uh, hitting the lottery and buying Cyan a new engine developed, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking some serious money. Uh, but now it's it's uh, they have two provisos if you. License on a workstation, I believe it's about $2,500 per workstation, or what they call per seat, for a year, which means it has to renew at the end of the year. 
and they also, if you release a product, they get a cut of the profits, and I forget the exact cut. So moving on, another fun piece is the uh, the secret anti-piracy treaty that turns ISPs into pirates. <laughs> yeah. So what it essentially is doing is uh, is saying that if the if piracy is discovered on an ISP's service and the ISP doesn't take uh, action within a certain amount of time, the ISP is now blamed as the pirate. <laughs> so if if uh, if you don't exterminate those rats in your yard, you are now breeding rats because that's you know <laughs> it's your yard. You know I guess that's kind of the way they're looking at it. And so any uh, any strong feelings on that either way? Well, actually, I think it's kind of a good idea in the sense that for a long time piracy has been strongly protected by blame shifting and no one could figure out who exactly to blame for all the piracy going on the pirates would say well they can't get the pirates obviously because you can't stop piracy (laughs) no matter how what kind of uh, preventive measures you put into place like drm all that stuff is just kind of a waste of time pirates figure out how to get past it in no time at all and so you know you have to go and blame the isps and get them to do something but it's not their fault either it's just there really is no way to capture any of the pirates you know to get them well the 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 prosecutions has been working i mean like you know they say that the the pirate bay you know really didn't suffer but you know where is the pirate bay it's still there um it but it doesn't serve the purpose it once served or at least not as well um there's also like you have problems like uh kids in a family or grandkids you know who are more knowledgeable computers than their parents or grandparents and they're you know the the RAAA or the MPAAs comes knocking on the door and the parents and the grandparents have no idea <laughs> why they're at their door they had no idea that was going on it's really a sticky thing uh, the problem with the internet is everything is so easy to get yeah. for anyone and it really kind of eats up uh, the morality of the whole thing um, for example uh that one game developer had that uh, world of goo they had a special sale where you pay what you want to sale and sadly through paypal most people only paid one penny which means that the developer has to eat up the the paypal cost because i think they charge like 50 cents for every uh, transaction under a dollar so it was kind of sad that so many people just paid a penny i mean at that point you're like just pay a (laughs) dollar you know well, it, help these guys. That out. makes me wonder, you know, how much people uh, <laughs> Infinity Ward would have made if uh, people paid what they thought it was worth. <laughs> I mean, I think there's some legitimate value in that kind of thinking because you're helping encourage people to buy a game that they wouldn't otherwise buy if you know that you didn't have a crazy sale like that. Um, so, I mean, at least they're getting awareness of their game out more. But you know, it's kind of sad that so many people chose to pay. Not even 50 cents. They paid a penny. Yeah. Well, it sounds unfair to the company, but I mean, don't let people choose their own prices then. Yeah. Or set the minimum at a dollar. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if if you tell people, I mean, if you say, pay what you want for a car, I mean, yeah, <laughs> people are going to pay less. Well, I, it makes me want to talk about the yeah. Valve explains how to compete with piracy, but I want to talk about Modern Warfare first. Let's let's uh, move on to the... Uh, the- Online retailers boycotting Modern Warfare 2. And this doesn't really affect you, Ben, although I, I feel you chomping at a bit over there. Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, can I say one thing before we move on? Uh-huh. Okay. <clears throat> Arr, we be setting sail on the World Wide Web. I got that Flash video, the uh, do what you want, blah, 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 blah. You are oh, a lazy town. <laughs> oh, God. 
No, no, somebody did a flash video and it just loops and it's. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, well, that's all I wanted to say. Okay, so. I should I should have just linked it to it. It was good input. It was good input. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the so. on retailers, of course, don't include Steam, although Steam did a little uh, a little thing that screwed PC gamers, and I don't understand the reasoning behind it, but we'll get to that. Uh, I know that the uh, the one service that that isn't selling it is uh, Direct to Drive, which is GameSpy's uh, online distribution service of the game, and that's because the game links to Steam as a necessary part of actually running in multiplayer, and because of that, it's like they would be endorsing a competing product, and they didn't want to do that. Uh, same thing for Impulse, and this was just what uh, a little while ago, uh, Randy Pitchford from Gearbox was complaining that you know Steam may be coming too big for their own britches in the industry. I don't know. I I kind of to me it's kind of it's kind of both ways because you get games in Steam that require games for Windows to be installed for for it to run. I mean, it, it won't save unless you can log into Games for Windows Live, which means if Games for Windows Live connection dies, you'll get kicked from the game immediately, which to me is so stupid. Like, if you're on Xbox and the connection is lost, it'll tell you it's lost, but it doesn't stop you from saving your game or stop you from playing. Yeah, Steam is getting bigger than... I mean, everything is not so streamlined with Steam, and I would like it if everything you know that's on Steam would run through Steam, but it's hard for them to accommodate third parties by doing that. Well, one part, that I, they have something called Steam Cloud. This is one of the annoying things of reinstalling your computer, is if you don't remember to back up all your game saves, they'll be gone, unless they're saved in your documents folder and you back that up. And so the Steam Cloud, where they were going to... It's, you know, like Steam Cloud... You, or refers to like cloud computing, like you use Gmail and your email is just all out there on the Gmail server. You don't actually have to run Outlook. You can just log into Gmail anywhere you want to go. And so similarly with Steam, anytime you log in, you can download your game and download your saves and then no problems. Actually, I um, Trine actually was the first game that I've used on there that actually did it. Oh, does it work well? That sounds great. Yes. I didn't even know about that. So, so when you... Um, when you shut off the game, if you look at Steam, you'll see the little dotted line that, that forms on the top of it to tell it it's connecting to the network, which means it's uploading your save game. Oh. Anyway. I recently, after a very grueling process, um, managed to uh, get a Windows partition working on my Mac computer. And more importantly, I managed to get Steam running. And I this is the first time I've ever seen Steam. And I'm just like, so I'm like, oh, games. <laughs> and it's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's... So, you know, I'm... <laughs> I, I'm seeing it for the first time. So. Well, when Steam first came out, I mean, it was really terrible. Uh, when you played Half-Life yeah. 2, the early Steam, like Steam was actually a, draw, a pull on your system resources, and Half-Life would run worse because of it. And so it was kind of annoying. I think today's proliferation of dual-core, quad-core processors and the, you know, the mountains of RAM we now have in systems, it's right, become yeah. kind of a non-issue. Because mm-hmm. even, even this is a Core 2 duo, so... Yeah, you know. I, I think once you get... To to a, a dual core, a lot of the issues that that cause these little hiccups disappear. So, all right. Uh, Steam is your worst enemy if you've been drinking and late. <laughs> a couple what? glasses of wine. It's like, yeah, dear. whoa, a new what, game. Half price. <laughs> it's like I'll play it. I want like, that. Yeah. So, uh, still getting closer to Modern Warfare 2, Ben, but not there yet. Um, no problem. I'm still here. <laughs> PC Modern Warfare 2. It's much worse than you thought. This is from Ars, Ars Technica and. Dum, dum, dum. This is actually an annoying thing to read. This is the kind of thing, and I, I know because you know Jeff and Ben just earlier were were just gushing about how great Modern Warfare 2 is, but 
to give you an example, some of the stupid things they were saying is like they they ask questions like, are they going to allow the mods and the the uh, field of view change, whatever? And they're like, uh, we want you to play it the way we balanced it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, like every time the community asked a question, they would kind of kick back. Um, they said, well, we we uh, will we still be able to kick people and have rank matches and stop hack hackers, you know, who get past VAC, which is Valve's anti-cheat uh, program, and Infinity Ward was like, our goal is to ban hackers from the game. <laughs> and I've worked in a, a department before, you know, where like you get these answers from management that aren't really an answer, and that's a perfect example. You know, it's, it's essentially, you know, we're doing it our way. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> we a plan to arrest criminals. <laughs> exactly. Break lives. Um, and they, they ask, is the PC version a direct port of the console version? And this is the answer. And to me, this is almost laugh out loud funny. Um, it says, no, the PC has custom stuff like mouse control, text chat in-game, and graphic settings. <laughs> like, that hurt my brain. Oh, you ported it to the PC <laughs> really and made it work on the PC's game. default configuration, and those are features. God, wow. So uh, the good news is, is that uh, someone has actually gotten a dedicated server running on Modern Warfare 2, I don't know if they've upped the player cap, but although, of course, one of the things they've done is they've added uh, alterations, like low-gravity matches, where people are jumping 150 feet in the air and uh, having grenade launchers that don't ever need to be reloaded, that kind of thing. And so that that's kind of the epitome of why they probably didn't want those kinds of things, because they didn't want those kinds of things actually getting uh, achievements and ranks and what have you. But... There's a couple of things that, that they've told us about it and a couple of things that you can surmise now based on the latest news. It's kind of funny, like the company kind of like gives us enough rope to hang it. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. We have things like uh, like this IW.net. Is everyone familiar with this? Am I the only one who's heard of it? Infinity mm, I don't know anything about it's it. It's like some, some kind of matchmaking service that they are running. I don't know if it's PC only or if it's actually the back background stuff of what's happening on the Xbox. It's peer-to-peer multiplayer and the way it's done is what's what in pc gaming would be called a listen server where you actually run and host the game on your box and people join your game which of course if your machine can handle running all of that simultaneously uh, you are given an advantage because you have zero ping because you are the host but that's actually kind of the way the xbox does it you get a group of people together and whoever's got the best connection based on the system's evaluation becomes the host and everyone else is joined to their network but no one really knows how that's gonna who's gonna end up with it like i I played uh, uncharted 2 online the other day i could have been the host who knows so in any case that's one of the things that they're doing but then they're talking about things like they're they're trying to get rid of piracy they're trying to do all these things but then the news comes out lately that they're talking about a pay-for-play model around modern warfare 2 and that's where it gets a little interesting Are we ready for a first-person shooter multiplayer MMO pricing structure? And this Ben has got has, has got to ring it with you at least a little bit because you've you've been used to playing Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare One, you know, without any additional fees except for Xbox Live for who knows how long. And now they're talking about, oh, well, we'll give you the extra stuff if you pay for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I actually don't even have Live, so I'm not real familiar with this oh, stuff. Really? But I mean, anything that would, uh, I mean, if, if they're gonna say, yeah, you can have Live. And pay for that, and then still pay more. I mean, that that does seem. I mean, that's stupid. I mean, <laughs> I'm already paying for live. Why why should I have more fees? Exactly. 
Other right. than they and want more money. Furthermore, that uh, fragments the user base, the people you're playing with. Anyone who doesn't pay, you know, you're, that kind of cuts down the number of people that the matchmaking thing could set you up with if you want to play online with other people. Unless they start doing microtransactions. A lot of these free-to-play MMOs do this. Um, when I, I, yeah, when I dabble with Free Realms, I saw that where, like, for, like, $5 a month, you can have the all the features turned on or whatever. You know, it's and it's not very much. It's only $5. But wait, do you want a pet? Well, yeah, that's that's more, you know. Or do you want this outfit? Oh, that's more. That kind of thing. You know, Five dollars adds up. I mean, yeah, and nickel sure and dime to death. It doesn't sound much like the first time, but it's you know like if I buy a soda at the gas station every day, it's only a dollar ten or something. But I do that seven days a week for you know 365 days a year. It adds up. It keeps going. Yeah. When you can buy a two liter from the store for less, you know, usually. In the long run, you know, it is a business, and they're trying to make money. I don't know. Microtransactions have always been a part of this modern age of online gaming. I mean, at first, you know, everyone heard about the horse armor debacle yeah. with, uh, <laughs> when Oblivion came out, which you could, you know, pay like $5 and download armor for your horse. That doesn't have any function in the game other than making your horse look different. People saw this as kind of a, let's... uh pelt our user base with all these stupid things for you know little tiny microtransactions and it's funny how some of those microtransactions have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger over time the average price of a game on xbox live has slowly shifted from five dollars to fifteen dollars yeah you, you mean the the arcade games yeah the xbox live arcade games. okay the, I like the idea of offering the games on Xbox Live Marketplace, like uh, Bioshock is on there, and I don't, I haven't taken stock of all the games they have on there, but you know, Bioshock to me is, is if you haven't played it, it's an, it's an awesome game to play, but it's just of course single player only. But it's a great game, but most of the games that are offered on Xbox Live itself are overpriced by about ten dollars. Yeah, and they're selling things like. Uh, like the outfits for your little avatar dude. And I was like, that stuff oh. is worth like 50 cents, no more. And they're, they're like, you know, $5. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> people pay money for that? <laughs> yeah. Like, Some people are you, do. Are you, are you serious? <laughs> I've got people on my friends list who do, and I, oh, wow. you, you know, kind of want to open up a chat with them and then make fun of them. Yeah, it's a, yeah I mean, that's that's what I do. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 what they have in there has increased over time. And so, and thankfully so, but, you know, actually what I don't like is like, you can, you can have a male character, but if you keep going through the hairstyles, you'll end up in the girl's hairstyles. I was like, can't, can't we like flip a switch where it splits the gender? But I guess I'll admit, I almost did give my guy pigtails. Though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew somebody was going to say that. Well, of course, well, well, pigtails of folks and, who have pigtails, pigtails and mutton chops or what, something. What's I the, mean, come on. So, anyway, the point I wanted to make about the Penny Arcade bit was, um, they have these these things, these arguments that they say that PC gamers like to make about piracy. And since we're our next point is piracy, I thought this would be an interesting thing to say. Uh, the three points are, A, there is no piracy, which is just silly to say. Two, to the extent that piracy exists, which it doesn't, it's your fault, uh, pointing at the publishers or the, or the developers. And three, if you try to protect your game, we'll steal it as a matter of principle. And that's the part that really gets me. Moving over to our... Next point here is PC piracy. A couple of points to make on it. Valve explained their take on piracy, which is that uh, pirates are just underserved customers, which, again, also kind of links me back to the, the modern warfare discussion because uh, I don't know. It, I feel like the, the increase in price in Modern Warfare 2 is arbitrary. I, I don't think there's any justification that's been 
um, spoken for about it, except for possibly the setup of their IW.net. Maybe that was a cost that they just tacked onto the price of the game. I don't know. But Valve has proven, like, by by having sales on their games on Steam, which any PC gamer has seen at some point, if you if you have Steam, that the, the, the sales have just, you know, skyrocketed. Like, when they sold uh, Left 4 Dead for half price, I don't know how far into the life cycle of the game. It was only, like, two or three months after the yeah. game released. That was their first holiday, so that's when I bought yeah, the game. Yeah, they, they beat yeah. out the first three weeks of sales cumulatively added up. By doing that yeah i ended up buying three copies of the game i bought two as gifts for uh, friends because it was so cheap yeah the, the thing i don't like about the piracy is the, the the principle of stealing because someone isn't doing what you want if someone isn't doing what you want then don't patronize their product don't spend time on it don't spend bandwidth on it don't speak about it and what makes it even funnier is there was a, a steam group created called boycott modern warfare 2 i might have the name wrong and there's a screenshot on the on the net. If you if you walk in gaming news circles, you will see it, where they show the Steam group, and like more than half of the group is in game playing Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm like, yay for the boycott. <laughs> no, but that that's oh, one... how could you help yourself? That game is way too awesome to not exactly. Play. That's, and that's you know that's actually where I have ended up here as I was downloading it earlier from Steam, and it's not done yet, sadly. That's one thing I've noticed. I mean, with all this talk about uh, you know Modern Warfare 2, you know, basically turning away its community, that kind of thing, and that the community is basically not there. I've noticed a lot of people have been buying this game and really liking it. So clearly, people are playing it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I think Infinity Ward knows what they're doing, and that's that's kind of the, the sad truth of the matter. No matter how much their decisions seem to to shave people, we know that they make quality games. Well, they meant, yeah, and there was some really weird stuff leading up to the uh, release of the game. I don't know if you, any of you saw that video for, uh, was it uh, Fags Fight Against Grenades? Oh, yes, or something. yes. Oh, I was going to avoid that topic, was, but, you know, okay, tell us about it. It was <laughs> really baffling to me. It was this video, and I guess they got some... Uh, baseball player or something to talk about uh you know it was like a, kind of like a a they was just talking about uh grenade spam in combat and it was kind of like a public service video and but at the end you know it just kind of flashes this big in big letters you know fags you know fight against grenade spam and it's just people got instantly offended well i think by that they were trying to be edgy and cool and I, yeah but that's just weird yeah it didn't that even name, like, I make think... sense well, their goal is probably just to catch attention, and I mean, with that name, yeah. people are going to go. Uh, people are at least going to go. What? Yeah, exactly. And it's but, not the most tasteful. But. Yeah, and also, it's it's also something they say if you're on Xbox Live, you know, on voice chat, you're going to hear that quite a bit. Right. <laughs> oh, <but some laughs> of this, this had to have gone through Activision PR at some point before it got released, and I'm just surprised that no one, you know, kind of caught it before it went out or said something. I don't know. It was well, conspiracy. Yeah. They they made a big retraction on it, and I actually saw a, a Sessler soapbox. Uh, Adam Sessler, who's on G4 uh, TV. I don't know if it's a, just the channel or the website. I only look at the website. He was talking about it, but then it was kind of funny. At the end, he said a word, and it sounded like he. It started with a P, and then they they bleeped it, and it sounded like he might have said, <laughs> "I don't want to say it." But anyway, they said, "Well, you can use that word, but we can't use this word." I'm like, "Well, that that does kind of you know." muddy the line except i don't know that the one word particularly discriminates whereas the other one does and that that was the kind of the point so 
So Modern Warfare 2, is, is is it just that awesome? Is that what you're saying? It's I, pretty awesome. If you're in it for the gameplay, which I am, like I mean, like I said, I don't even have Xbox Live. I mean, I'll get it eventually and play it, but um, if you're in it for the gameplay, the game is magnificent. I mean, it's just, I mean, from every time you turn a corner, you're afraid of somebody jumping out at you, and the plot is good, the gameplay is good. Just, I mean, everything about the gameplay of that game was probably the best I've ever played. They have some really amazing set pieces and really well-staged moments in the game, which make it feel very, very cinematic. Uh, I, actually, I mean, There's parts where you go up over the ridge and you can get a full view of the battlefield and you see the full scope of what's going on around you. And it really, and they've got this music that swells up right at that moment. It, it really is like Saving Private Ryan kind of stuff. Yeah. I was actually had some misgivings about the... Uh, the no Russian level, the one making the the yeah. scandalous rounds around the internet, the, the the terrorist attack on the airport kind of thing, and uh, because you participate in it, what have you, and it's a gameplay moment. And it, when we first saw it, it, was out of context, so we don't know like are are you playing as a terrorist? And so like you like in Modern Warfare One, you were in the SAS and you were a Marine because you you jumped back and forth in the shoes of these two characters. I'm like, wait a minute. Are we playing as a terrorist? Because, you know, then people were all up and I was like, oh, I don't want to be a terrorist. And I'll boycott it just because of this. And <laughs> and so <sighs> my problem with it is is actually more moral, um, which is kind of strange for me to say because I, 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 I love me some violent video gaming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as an example, uh, I, I play Borderlands and, you know, there are different types of killing strategies, explosive shots which will blow the limbs off of your characters as they land in their chest and shots to the head that liquefy the head, spraying the shoulders in blood. And But like the, the, the place where this doesn't bother me is these people are attacking me. It's them or me. And that's where you know it gets a little a little different for me where I would I had to take a minute and, and step back and take a look at it and say I'm like well, this is actually kind of bothering me. And it's and it's, I guess it's because it's, it's more realistic than I'm used to. And, and, and though I do like that in a game, uh, and I, I actually like prefer, prefer playing against like people, not zombies, not mutants, not aliens, you know, nothing that's uh, like people, you know, as, as opponents. And so it took me a minute to, you know, realize what I had about it. It was because I saw it as reality. And for me, games were kind of escapism. So I finally got over it and finally decided I was going to buy the game. But I, I have a feeling that it's not going to be a level that I'll help you enjoy playing again and again and again. Because I don't see, until you, you get up against the, the swap portion, because I've watched the whole video, it doesn't look like a level well, I'm enjoying. If it helps, you have the option. At the beginning of the game, it says that there's a mission in this game that can offend people. If you don't want to play it, hit no here, and you don't even, it'll skip the mission. I don't know what it does. Um, I played it. Honestly, I really didn't shoot people. Yeah, until you can I mean, until people started people. shooting at me. Because the the guys you're with, the the terrorists that you're with, they don't do anything to you. I mean, I I spent the majority of the time just kind of walking around with them and wishing they weren't doing what they were doing. But because uh, I I feel the same way that you did, Jonathan. That uh, I really, if somebody's shooting at me in a game, yeah, sure, I'll I'll shoot back. I have no problem. But it's the shooting the innocent people that were was where I have the issues. Like I'll like I feel weird because it's a video game, but I'll genuinely feel bad if I kill an innocent person exactly. in the game. Mm. And um, but let's think. This one, I mean, you you do have the option. First off, you can not play it, and second, you can also just walk through and not shoot any innocent people. But it's still just it's a it's graphic, and I mean it's because you you really do. I mean, like there's people 
crawling around and bleeding. And I mean, it's 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 very graphic to see these people. Like you don't feel bad when you see the Russian soldier that was just firing at you, you know, drag himself around a little bit. Yeah. But you know, the innocent woman who was just walking with her husband, that's kind of a different situation. I can understand being offended by it. Um, if, but I, I'll still stand by that if people don't want to play it, they don't, they don't have to play it. You can skip that mission. Yeah. Yeah. And I, furthermore, I think it really is just in there to be shocking. It's one of those things that they put went out of their way to make it shocking. In fact, in that level, you have to walk through the stage. You can't run. The pace is way slower than any other level in the game. And they kind of make you, force you to savor what's going on around you. And personally, I... I thought it was very bold, and uh, I liked that they did it because, for me, I felt that it was kind of helping to force the player to combat these kinds of issues that actually do happen in the world. I mean, to kind of explore, you know, inside themselves whether this is something that will bother them or not, maybe. And, you know, kind of confronting the possibilities that you know, these kind of course of events could conceivably happen in their lives. And this is something that happens overseas to other people all the time. You know, the Middle East, it kind of forces you to be in the shoes of someone other than, you know, a blissful, unaware American. That's that's one of the points I brought up in the last podcast. You know, we are rather detached from a lot of this stuff. I mean, all the bad news we keep hearing in in these other countries, it's in the other countries. It's not really a problem here. There was a a blog I read in regards to this particular one, and and it kind of struck me because the guy kind of, it's he had to rethink his mentality towards the game over this whole section. And that's one of the things that has been brought up like a lot of people say it's bold and it should be it's it's important because if we're going to get games to be on a even playing field artistically like movies and other things like this is one of the things that have one of the thresholds we have to cross and if it was in a movie you know there would be no question whether it was acceptable or not it's in a movie passenger 57 (laughs) so there's uh there's that and there's uh what, what was kind of funny in the blog is he talked about how he kind of went along with it and then at some point he realized he could shoot his characters with him, the, the the other terrorists. I mean, you can't succeed at that. I mean, the, the level ends and you screw up, and I guess the guy yeah, they, becomes bulletproof, so that you cannot possibly thwart that the particular story point. But he said that he felt like he should he should keep doing that and keep dying to to sort of balance out the equation that he let it go for so long without him even trying to stop it. He actually had like video gamer guilt. <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully, I mean. You would think that nobody's playing this and going, ah, ha, 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 you know, and somebody's that sadistic. You know, but, oh, but you, you know, know people are. <laughs> you know people are. Yeah, well, the, the, this, the, gonna, s- I mean, the fact that the game Postal sells it all tells you <laughs> there are people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, I mean, hopefully, I mean, what's going on here is that, like, it's not, it's not even like, it's that it's actually, again, like, as you said, bringing sort of a sense of awareness, saying, like, wow, this is, this is real, and I just had to do that. Ugh, uh, you know, and actually making them feel bad and possibly making them you know, think more about even current events that are going on, you know? So I actually, at least there's no, I'm sorry. No achievement for killing civilians. (laughs) Almost like it's propaganda by showing it through the opposite propaganda in a way. Do you know what I mean? Well, I kind of get the idea. I think a part of it was just to show the, the villain of the game because he's there. And I think part of it is just to show that that's how evil this guy is. And, I mean, maybe there's, you know, part of a real world thing to make people aware. But I think, I mean, for me, I kind of think on that level of it is that 
part of it was just to show that that's how ruthless this guy is. Because, you know, you get news reports early on in the game saying that he says the bombings won't stop. Basically saying he doesn't care who he kills as long as he, you know, as long as he gets the power that he wants. I mean, it's kind of says a lot about the guy that uh, the airport massacre, as it is, is a prevent. I mean, they let the Americans let it happen as a preventive measure to stop this guy from doing something even worse. And if you got to think, if there's something worse that this guy can do than, mm-hmm. you know, massacre thousands of people in an airport. Well, I thought part of it was also to build up motivation to, to definitely not fail in this mission. I, I thought that was another piece of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was, again, I haven't played the game yet, so I, I can't say for sure. By the time this podcast yeah, I mean, I, airs, I, I will have played it, but I still, uh, I, I still think it just a chunk of it was just to say that for the game or the, the player of the game to understand this is who this guy is. This is what he'll do. He's absolutely ruthless. He doesn't care who lives. He doesn't care who dies. And for you to understand, for you to understand him, and then also probably get some motivation that, okay, now we know we're truly against him, and I really don't like him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, there's not a whole lot of terrorist leaders that we're fans of or anything, but I mean, just to really <laughs> truly set you against him. Exactly. To to yeah, first look what he see. made you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you'll just firsthand see what he does. Well, I also, um, Jeff and I were talking before about the how he, he he likes the setting being actually on American soil, making it the, a little more hard hitting. And I, I've picked up a few videos, and I, I've been trying not to watch too much of the game because I don't want to spoil it. But uh, there's a point where they're flying over what looks like a Ruby Tuesdays or TGI Fridays, and they also um, they they looks like they blow up a gas station, which looks like a marathon, and. Uh, you mentioned something looking like Burger King, but I didn't see that in the video. There's a place well, called it's, Burger it's, Town, and the logo is meant to look just like Burger King. Well, was it, mm. somebody earlier mentioned that it's like, you know, every town USA. I think that's, you know, because it looks like, you know, the old neighborhood or whatever, where, and I think that's where the game really hits home. And, like, that's where it became extremely intense for me, was, as Americans, we don't think of our country as being invaded. And, whoa, now it's happening, you know, and you're you're seeing it and it's just it's 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 a very it was a well done part of the game and i think had the effect that they were looking for i I miss captain price though (laughs) oh yes just another day at the office (laughs) oh that guy's so cool it's not even fair (laughs) he is he's awesome and i remember the first time i saw him i was like you know how did a muppet like you get out of selection like what you just called me a muppet (laughs) (laughs) But you didn't care because you would follow his mustache into battle any exactly. day. <laughs> and <laughs> because it could block bullets. Yeah, look, looking as cool as can be as we're flying out the helicopter. You know, he's got his gear on. He's got a wetsuit, but he's still smoking a cigar. <laughs> you get that to see the character so... from the first game, if in a, from a third-person perspective, because you're playing as someone else. And I just never pictured uh, Soap McTavish to have a mohawk, but he he does. <laughs> well. Y- like I think that they just had to make that dude as hardcore as possible, and dang it, <laughs> they succeeded. <laughs> he was a lot more ripped than I imagined him being too. Well, it's also don't forget the next game is set five years later. And yeah, he's been pumping his guns the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to give stuff away because I already beat the game. <laughs> yeah, I like I said, I just finished it about uh, an hour ago. <laughs> my friend Brent. Yeah, I mean that's so it's still really it. fresh in my mind. Now, this thing, I finished it like two days after I beat it, but I mean it's like I did it yesterday. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess that was only four days ago, but still. I have a friend who used to um, play uh, in, a, in a clan years and years ago, and uh, No One Lives Forever, 
which wasn't a very popular game, but the people who followed it were pretty um, devoted to the multiplayer, which is one of the worst multiplayer experiences I've ever seen in the game, and still they enjoyed it. I think it's because of some of the personality the game had. Like, um, regardless of whether you play it as a guy or a girl, the game was set up for the protagonist being female, and therefore, every you where you walk, you heard the sound of heels clicking on the ground. And uh, it's kind of like <laughs> a perfect dark situation. Yeah, but but you know, in multiplayer, you can be a guy. And when you're the guy, you still hear click, click, click. Like, that's all, all <laughs> secretly wearing high heels. <laughs> but um, I guess he really got got his game down to the point that uh, he's so good these days that when he was playing uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1 on the PC, he kept getting banned for cheating, and he never cheated. People kept saying he was hacking. That just sounds like whiny gamers. Oh, you're better than me, so that means you're cheating. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, I'm sure if anyone, you know, came up against Fatality, <laughs> they would they would quickly be calling him a, a hacker if they didn't know who he was, you know. Uh huh. Well, I mean, that's like I I think it was Halo or something. One time, I got kicked out just because I was doing better than them, and I'm terrible at Halo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't I don't think that'll ever happen to me again. I mean, there was a time I was pretty good, <laughs> but I don't think I'm. I mean, they they keep adding all these features to the game that make it harder to be precise. You know, like if you're riding around the helicopter, the helicopter's bobbing up and down. It's like you're trying to aim, and you, you, you know, even if you can aim, you know, precisely, the the helicopter is messing you up. Or as you're running along, well, I think that's, it's the, I think that's the realism factor. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, it's because it, you know, firing those guns. Like, I mean, you go back to some games where if you were on a mounted weapon, no matter what, you would hit everything. And I think you know, like if you're flying through a battlefield where several hundred people are shooting at you, you know, you don't want to sit still. Exactly. But the, but the, on the flip side, though, they, they add things like uh, I when I installed Borderlands on the PC, they said, you know, do you want aim assist on? I'm like, no, I don't want aim assist on. <laughs> but that's on for the consoles. I don't even think you can turn it off in the consoles. And and I just got to wonder how, how easy that kind of stuff makes it or doesn't. Like I played uh, Gears of War on the PC when they finally ported it to the PC. And uh, I, I didn't find it greatly better on the PC. I thought the mouse was going to make life so much better, and it really didn't. The game was so balanced for the controller that it was actually weakened for the PC controls. That, that could have been the porting house. It might not just. It might be the game because it's uh, Epic didn't do the actual port. Epic is the company Maybe. behind Unreal and Gears of War and what have you. Maybe well, you can kind of look at the, what's that? The reverse, like uh, <laughs> a game like Left 4 Dead, which is designed as a PC game to be distributed on Steam. That they did a port for the. 360 and I played both versions and I can't play the 360 version. The PC version is playable with the the controls, but I have such a hard time playing that particular FPS on a console. And I think it's because it really wasn't designed for it. It's kind of one of those depends which console or venue for distribution they had in mind when they started yeah. making the game. Now, see, that makes sense then, because I played Left 4 Dead on 360, and just, I didn't care for it. And, uh, which made me sad, because I've been looking forward to it, because I just heard, no plot, just kill zombies. And, I mean, <laughs> the PC version is way better. Yeah, as, as I said before, zombies okay. are the one race that we're still allowed to discriminate against. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you find, uh, you know, an American citizen that doesn't have a zombie contingency plan. Yeah. I mean, really. <laughs> exactly. I've spent hours talking about this with friends when I could do something productive, but <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually have a funny story about that. I was at work uh, one time, and my boss comes out and says, okay, guys, so if the zombies come through the front door, um, <laughs> we're all going to go down into the basement, but um, unfortunately I'm going to have to sacrifice one of you. 
because we need to stall for time. And, and the zombies will need a snack, you know, or an appetizer. <laughs> That's the best boss ever. <laughs> Milk and cookies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I've just sat and talked about it with friends. I mean, granted, one of us on a three-hour car ride, so we had nothing better to do. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, where do you go? What weapons do you use? Where do you hold up? I mean... <laughs> you know, the, the latest trailer for uh, Left 4 Dead 2... Because I'm not, I'm not big on zombies and games, actually, myself. But the trailer makes me want to see more. Not so much play the game. I want to see the rest of the movie that the trailer seems to have told me is happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if I... Because there's no story, it's just you know shooting zombies. And they, and they said the first one can get kind of re- repetitive. What do you think, Jeff? Is that true? It can. Uh, part of the fun of it is playing with your friends. And they do randomize some of the elements of the game. And... There are a ton of like wisecracks and one-liners between the different characters, and that seems to... I haven't ever heard any of that stuff repeat, so there's obviously a lot of it. Yeah. But, yeah, the game kind of gets a little tiring after a while, but I expect uh, Left 4 Dead 2 to be much more replayable because they've even randomized the layout of the levels yeah themselves. i was gonna ask is that in is that in the first one or is that just in the second it's not in the first oh, okay. one so you you kind of learn the layout so obviously it would get kind of repetitive yeah i mean well the enemies always seem to come from a different area which is kind of neat actually there's a and point one in, thing i in like the about game I, I saw somebody broke off from the group and the group was in one place and all the zombies made a beeline for where the group was and so he came up behind the zombies and started taking them out that way yeah mm-hmm. but if you do that one of like the special zombies like the the thing that shoots its tongue out and grabs you and stuff will just pull you to your doom and the rest of the group is off fighting on zombies elsewhere and you're dead. <laughs> well, actually, they were, you have to stay together. They were cornered inside a building or whatever, and I, I don't know. Part of me has like this this thought of like thriller, Michael Jackson's thriller video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, show tunes. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed Dead Rising, although that one may as well not have had a plot because... As soon as you go out, you forget who you're trying to save, and you just beat zombies. Well, I hear that uh, the plot was also kind of really wishy-washy in the, the last Resident Evil. I, you know, I've never played a Resident Evil game. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I, I'm not sure how. I just never got around to it. I have only seen Resident Evil 2 played on the PlayStation or PlayStation 2, which are assistants. That, that was the best one. And I, I watched it played. I'm like, this game is like so creepy. I can't, I'm like, I'm getting scared. Like, turn it <laughs> up. And... I watched a buddy of mine play Resident Evil 5 for a while, and it was it, it, it looked okay. Um, the third person kind of to the side shooting style, I didn't really like that much, so I never bothered playing it. But it was fun to watch. So you, you want to be like, the person shooting the people. You don't want to pretend to be controlling the person. <laughs> I kind of I kind of I, I like first person myself. Um, but I know other I have friends that said it's a it makes them dizzy. So the third person works. Yeah, but I mean that game for me it was just more fun to you know stand at the side yelling ah zombie over there over there over there you know. <laughs> well, with the with the first person perspective, um, I I actually know why where that comes from that the vertigo that that you get, it's because um, it not everyone gets this and I don't I'm not sure why some people do and some people don't, but it has to do with the fact that your eyes are telling your brain that you're moving and your balance center center is saying no we're not. Your eyes like we're moving. Oh, balance says no we're not, that and that sense. that's where that conflict comes from. And I find with every game, like uh, one game that was particularly bad was the uh, was Mirror's Edge, and I, I and I had Mirror's Edge on my Xbox connected to my PC setup, so it was essentially a PC game for me with a controller, and I played it until I was li- literally to the edge of spewing, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I've got to stop, 
And uh, <laughs> and then, but then as you go on, uh, to me, the game isn't so much about getting through the story and you're done. It's more so about mastering how the game is is done and actually smoothing out the levels. And oh yeah, I could forget the plot of that game and just free run and have fun. Yeah, I wish they would just give you. I mean, not not the timed playgrounds because I don't really need the timing to, to to make it fun for me. Oh yeah, just just here's the city, go play. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I wish they could have done. Because the Unreal 3 engine hasn't really been used for this kind of thing that much is is giving you kind of just a, uh, you know, get over here and do this, get over here and do that, but you don't have to go in any order. You know, give it a, a free roaming kind of way about it. I don't know if that would have kept up with the graphical detail that they managed with it. But I I had the same thing with uh, Half Life 2. The the way the screen moved kind of got me. Borderlands though didn't bother me at all. Borderlands felt very similar to something else. I, I think that's why. RPG element was very easy for me to, to, to tack on. Uh, Call of Duty never did it to me. So I guess I've gotten past it, but I understand because I, I, I sometimes with a new game will we'll start getting the little, like you start to feel the saliva picking up in your mouth and your head starting to get a little woozy. I'm like, okay, I need to put it down or I'm going to be sick. <laughs> the only way the Call of Duty games have ever, have ever affected me is uh, they're just, I think I had said earlier, is that they're just so intense. Yeah. And I think, like, I've never had any vertigo issues or b- getting dizzy. I think, uh, for me, what it is is just the fact that there's so much going on. Like, it's almost too much to handle, so I just have to take a break after a while, you know, because it's like you're looking for one guy and another one runs past you. you. You go after that guy, three more run past, and someone's shooting behind you. And, you know, it's. I think that that's the beauty of the Call of Duty games, is, and what they've done is there's just so much... And also having useful team members. <laughs> what about the uh, yeah. what about the strawberry jelly? <laughs> oh, whenever you take damage, yeah. and it looks like. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's like, that... oh no, I've been slimed. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I didn't like about those games is as soon as you get shot, you can't see anything. Which I guess you know I've never been shot, but I wouldn't be surprised if your vision gets a little blurred. But <laughs> that's what blinding pain looks like. Well, they said that they said that when you get shot, you actually see see light like stars we huh. had people from the military I, uh, jump in on the oh, forums okay. and say this is it's actually you're and they say things like uh like they had that effect in um in rainbow six vegas where the screen would start to get blurry and your screen would get black and you couldn't see anything it drove me crazy yeah. um <laughs> well they said that uh the reverse has happened your hands go numb and you start seeing the stars i'm like well yeah, but you don't instantly heal. <laughs> so, so it's okay. Just get to cover for five seconds. <laughs> all our modern fighters in our army are all Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> in which case, they don't really need guns. They just come out with their blades. Tanks, I got it. It's <laughs> true. Oh. They get cut. They just regenerate. I loved that Flashback. game so much. The Wolverine game. I haven't played oh, it. Oh, that was great. I just it was, like that was the bloodiest game I have ever seen. Oh yeah. Well, I think that like the thing is like complaints because I thought it was kind of similar to like God of War and stuff like that. And I've heard complaints about it is, or like God of War and that kind of game is they're repetitive. And I thought, but you know what? Yeah, you may do the same thing over and over and over in Wolverine, but it's fun. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> it didn't matter how many times I lunged at a guy with my claws. It was awesome every time. <laughs> well, see, I, I like the like the shot I'm just sending in the window now. That's that was my uh, my Carnage game was uh, Fear Two, and if you you shot people from too close up, it would get on your visor. Oh wow, that's no, I never played the Fear games, but that's that yeah, that would be something. Yeah, and it's and it, of course it, it gradually fades away, and you're not hurt. It's just there was a blood splatter too close to you. 
Mm-hmm. See, I like the Republic Commando game that Star Wars won because you would get enemy blood on your visor all the time, but like a little electric windshield wiper would come up <laughs> on your visor and clean it That's off. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and we sound like such psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's okay. It's not real. It's all alien blood anyway. It's all yeah. It, aliens just need to die as it is. I mean. We- they don't have feelings. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Same thing with the zombies. You know, it's just doing them oh, a favor. Oh, aliens were actually harmed in the making of this game. Yeah. <laughs> but lots of zombies were harmed. You know, that's I what, mean, we one of the things on. I thought about the, the the no Russian level is like maybe you would be, you know, mopping up, like, you know, putting people out of their misery so that, you know, they're not sitting there suffering. I did that. I did do that every once in a while. You know, like somebody down there just looking at their own blood and I'd be like, oh, I almost feel worse leaving them. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on. <laughs> um, yeah, that was long. B- before I finally got got into uh, finally talk myself into getting Modern Warfare Two, I was playing Borderlands, and Borderlands. Borderlands to me is is what what I really like want out of a first person shooter game. I, I wish they had more variance with the set pieces because the world is kind of just a big desert, and that's kind of the way it is. And so you know you have less junk here, more junk there, and that's as far as it goes. But what I really liked about it is one of the things that kind of drove me a little crazy about the first Modern Warfare 1 uh, was that you feel like you're kind of on a roller coaster. Like, you really don't have a whole lot of say where you go because if you go the wrong direction, dead. You know, so um, this game, it, it starts out and you, you go through this cutscene, you pick which one of the four characters you're going to be, and then they get you off the bus and you feel like you're being hurdled, herded through this area you know oh there's enemies kill them oh now over here oh now i'm hurt you have to save me too and it's just like like no i don't want to be forced down another path here and you get to the town they're like okay here's your quest see you later it's like what i get to go where i want and then that's when the game kind of opens up to me and then and i really enjoy that where you know if i don't feel like going down further in the path or because i'm a certain level i should take on this bad guy i don't have to although it's hard, a comparison to uh, Modern Warfare is kind of unfair because that's the, the games are trying two totally separate concepts. And Jeff's played it, so he knows. And Nick, Sean, and I actually jumped into a game together before we knew how to do it privately, so we had it open so people were coming in and out of the group. Mm-hmm. And the game balances. Like, if you add people, the game will balance to, to match you. So the experience of killing bad guys is the same whether you're by yourself or with a group of people. And I thought that was quite amazing. I haven't played Borderlands myself, but I've watched my friend play it, and you know I really like what I've seen. Like when I the, the he started at the very beginning, and I like the first thing I said was I want this game. Yeah. But it uh, you know it, it there's no hope of it running on my little dinky MacBook, so you know I'm not gonna try. But um, you know if I can pick up the Xbox version, I might. But um, I don't know how compatible the PC and Xbox versions are. No, they're, they're not cross Because yeah, the PC version, yeah. you get in through GameSpy. You got the Xbox oh, version, yeah. you could play with me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but who would want to do that? Uh, <laughs> no, but I really love the, the, the art design for that game. Because, like, other games will sell shade. And, and this is kind of sell shaded, but what they've actually done with the textures is it looks a lot of times, like, it is actually hand-drawn. Yeah, like a 3D comic book. And it's moving. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it looks like it's hand-drawn, as opposed to, like, the Wind Waker, which just sort of looks cartoony. Yeah. This looks like somebody penciled in something, and then it was actually animated. And it's a really cool effect, especially in that opening bus scene, which is 
I love that guy's voice too. And then I like the rewards for uh, for being. A, he's Russian. Yeah. He's got now. I like the rewards get for being a good mics. player. If you get a critical shot with a weapon that has like a elemental power, like my my snipe fire sniper rifle. Um, my my favorite way to kill people is with fire because they evaporate. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I might have to check this game out now. This sounds fun. Yeah, it'd be right up your alley. I think. Yeah, if you if you hit okay. somebody with a critical hit, like you nail somebody in the head just right, because the 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 crosshair will will swim a little bit when you're aiming, so you kind of really have to time it. And also, they have travel time for the bullets. So if you're far away and there's a vehicle driving, you try to hit with the sniper rifle, you'll see it hit the ground after they pass where you're aiming. So you learn you have to learn that there's some reality to this. You have to aim ahead of where they're going. In any case. Uh, if you if you nail a critical shot and that person evaporates and somebody's close by, they too will evaporate. No. <laughs> oh. And they have uh, the the elemental weapons include like uh, a green slime of sorts that melts through everything. Acid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they have explosive rounds and I'm trying to think what else if there's anything else. Lightning. 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 Yeah, I got this pistol that was two Boy. shots. I'm like two <laughs> shots is all it takes for anybody. <laughs> I'm like I'm okay. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's because you, whenever he pulls out a revolver, he spins the the whatever you call the cylinder that holds all the, the bullets and they do that for the two shot I'm like that's kind of silly there's <laughs> only two shots in there but uh when you pick up your first sniper rifle and it's a freaking revolver <laughs> but it's a sniper rifle <laughs> you know so they, they he ought to unload it you he pushes it out and you see all the six spent casings come out of it I'm like that's not really really cool and even though the, the uh the semi-automatic ones load faster and, and recycle between shots faster. I still rather have the revolver because it's just that much cooler to see it reloaded. And mm-hmm. one of the cool things, like I, I get into like the experience. I like the music. I like the graphics. I like. I mean, I, I really get into the experience, which is why I know Modern Warfare 2 is probably going to be right up my alley. But uh, there was a point when we were playing with uh, Sean, me, Nick, and whoever random people were jumping in and out. And there was a point where all of us, like we just finished taking down a group of these purple worm things. And they were all reloading. I'm like, that is just like that sound. Like, all the, all the, everything just like it was so cool. <laughs> and I don't know that the only thing cooler is cocking a shotgun. I mean, in a game. And, and they have space age dual or yeah, dual barrel shotgun type of deal. That's pretty cool. And they also have a, um, they have the shotguns with the revolver. Everything has a revolver in here. So you can fire like six shots, and and he, it, you know how like a like a dual barrel shotgun, you flip the switch and it just leans down on the hinge. Same thing with this, except you empty out six spent shells and you just stick in six more. So it actually reloads faster than a pump shotgun. Oh, nifty! So, there's all sorts of weird variations of guns. Like they took random gun elements and put them together. I mean, there's shotguns in there with scopes on them. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. thought that was when I picked up my first one. I thought I had a sniper rifle. I'm like, why is this so ineffective? <laughs> <laughs> is a shotgun with this because like you're so far away i'm like it's like it's not even hurting them it's because it's spreading out so far it's not hitting them at all i don't know I, i've been thinking now that i've reached the second playthrough because what happens the first playthrough you level up to a certain point and if you just follow the quest you will be at the level you need to be you don't have to actually sit down and grind so it's grindtastic in that it, it takes a long time to, to play through and therefore you get a lot of gameplay for your money but it's not grindtastic like wow we're like oh well, I, I need to get to this next level, so I just go out here and kill these wolves for, you know, about 10 hours. You know, that kind of thing. It's not one of those kind of things. And to me, if, if you enjoy shooters and, and the visceral experience of blowing limbs off of people, it's <laughs> it still has that pleasure in there. It doesn't... One of the things I always thought that's bad about RPGs is they abstract some of that stuff too much in, in most cases. You know, like like uh, Star Wars Nice Hero Republic, where's the dismemberment? I want to cut limbs off. I have a lightsaber. 
Why can't I cut <laughs> holes in doors? I mean, that's what the lightsaber does, you know. <laughs> so uh, that's that's like you, Ben. I'm, I'm an action gamer, and so like mm-hmm. if if I have to spend too long working on something, <sighs> can I just something? Yeah. Is, I'm sure the gun would it's, break it open. <laughs> it's fun for a while, but eventually you just want to blow stuff exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I remember that was my tactic on uh, the Max Payne. The first time I played that, anytime if I'd get lost somewhere, I'd just start shooting and hope for the best. I mean, I'd just shoot a hole in a door, and maybe it worked, maybe it wouldn't. I felt better. <laughs> wouldn't that have been funny if that worked in Uru? <laughs> <laughs> I can't reach that lever over there. Sitting Time there to pull out that... the sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there in that darn light puzzle for the Path of Shell, which I... Uh, I got working, as I said, with on the computer again because I got the Windows and I got Drizzle working and everything, and then I had to play through the game again. And I still don't understand why that happens. You literally have to sit your character down for 15 minutes. It's like I realize now how ridiculous that is. Which light puzzle are you talking about? I'm talking about the one in Path of Shell where you have to sit on the shell in the room. <sighs> that's right, that's right. Oh, that's... For 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, can't I just put like a bowling ball on this lever yeah, yeah. or something? That was, that that was kind of silly. Right? I think, I think the thing you gotta want it. That's probably their goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get get out your book and just you know listen. And it just says they're ticking too. So it's just like, is it gonna blow up? Hope so. <laughs> and even that kind of even that kind of made sense. But um, the time delay thing with the pellet dropping down that still doesn't make any sense. There is no there is no basis for that logic anywhere else in the game. Well. I'm absolutely serious. I've looked everywhere. I cannot find any sort of there is there is a, a basis for it, but it's you know kind of here and over there at this point. And I want to I want to before we leave Borderlands, I want to say two things. First, uh, Cliffy B from Epic Games, the people behind Unreal Tournament Three and Gears of War, he just he loves Borderlands, and you know it's like you know testimonial. Uh, he he says it's the for for our generation raised on first person shooters, it is the Diablo. I don't know how much I agree with that, but I definitely like that it has some staying power as a shooter, you know. Um, and it also doesn't punish you very much for dying. Like, you can actually have what's called second chance or second wind, where if you, if you manage to kill somebody in that little, little space of time before you're finally definitely dead, you can come back with, like, a, like 200-some-odd health or whatever and, and still continue fighting if you're quick. Yeah, so you can keep dying and coming back and dying and coming <laughs> back. And, and, I, and I have my, my fiery death pistol, which allows me to mostly manage that, but... Uh, the other thing is they they have Borderlands is the has the best one week sales of any fresh IP in 2009. So not only is it a new IP, but it's the best sales of any new IP. Could I ask one really quick question about Borderlands? Um, co- uh, commercials I saw for it. The reason I wasn't interested in it because the very little gameplay they showed in the commercials, I thought it looked like Left 4 Dead, which I didn't like. My my concern was I just mean like the gameplay itself. You know, like you had said that. Uh, the Left 4 Dead was very much designed for PC, and they just kind of switched the PC version over to oh, 360. Oh, Jeff played on 360. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I had no problems at all. Yeah. And that's like, I, I, the last real game I played on PC was I got Halo when I was in, I mean, this was probably this feels five years like ago. Halo. On, the, on the 360, it felt like I was playing Halo. You even kind of have a little bit of the moon jump. You have a Borderlands shield, did. and it makes mm-hmm. the shield noise okay. from Halo when your shield gets turned and starts beeping, really? and it sounds just like Halo. <laughs> yeah, and you have a vehicle that can okay, be occupied well, cool. by two people, one of which is a gunner. And, uh, the vehicles uh, can be destroyed rather easily. Um, I don't know if they, they're always destroyed rather easily, but it seems like there's an area where you're supposed to, to destroy a, a certain amount of like the, the people riding on the vehicles. And it's actually easier if you're not in a vehicle, if you just run around. 
And there's a, again, there's another section where there's a boss on a vehicle and like killing him from the vehicle really takes two people because you need to, to have someone aiming while someone else drives. Whereas if I just get on foot, I go two or three clips into his vehicle and he's done. But what I liked about it a lot is there's a lot of nifty little story elements. Like there's this doctor who you're getting her little recorded tapes and she's got a real different take on things. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty crazy. <laughs> you know, like she talks about this, uh, this one administrator as, you know, the girl with the scars where her face should be. Um, she talks about the, her tape recorder cheating on her because she uh, or being jealous of her after actually having a friend, which it was just some guy who wandered into her encampment and she shot him. And for a minute she, she thought about, you know, having a conversation with him while he slowly died. And then she thought that her tape recorder was jealous. <laughs> so there's, there's some cute nifty things in there and you see some characters that are, that are named things that if, if you are familiar with the cultural references, You'll get it. Like they have one called Mad Mel, which if you are familiar with, you know, also Mad yeah, Max, yeah. right? And also Bruce McLean. It's like there's little cute things like nice. that. So. <laughs> That's one of easily the greatest action movies of all time. Exactly. So, so uh, anybody that disagrees is. It's <laughs> my favorite Christmas movie. What movie is that? Die Hard. Oh. It is. It's the best Christmas movie out there. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. Who? Come on, die hard. <laughs> it's that and a Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, best Christmas, yes, but you know, I think the best Muppet movie is the Great Muppet Caper. I do love that movie. I'll roll with the Muppet movie, the original one. Great movie. Yeah. Love it. I think the Muppets take Manhattan. I can't remember the last time I actually watched that movie all the way through, which makes me kind of. I've actually watched them recently because my friend Brent is. Uh, He's indoctrinating his daughters with movies that he enjoyed as a kid. <laughs> so, so they have taste that that kind of does not fit their their generation. So, like you know, their friends are talking about Hamla and Tana and other things like that. Oh no! And, and, and they're talking about real internet. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is called the Karate Kid. <laughs> the what? All right. So, before we get too far off track here, uh, next point, and I know that this is not a. It's not a PC or a console gaming specific thing, Ben, so you definitely have to chime in here. I'll do my best. Uh, the Australian Game Banner. And by banner, we don't mean like a banner ad. We mean the guy who is pretty much single-handedly responsible for a lot of games that we consider uh, of an M rating or mature rating or 18-plus rating are just flat-out not allowed in Australia. And uh, huh. his name is uh, Michael Atkinson. He's the Attorney General. And what he had to say is kind of funny. He says... Uh, I am baffled and worried why proponents of the R18 plus games are putting up their hands and saying, give us more cruel sex and extreme violence, said this guy. Um, he says, I cannot fathom what state enforced safeguards could exist to prevent R18 plus games from being bought by households with children and how children can be stopped from using these games once the games are in the home. If adult gamers are so keen to have R18 plus games, I expect children would be just as keen. Um, I think you will find this issue has little traction with my constituents who are more concerned with real life issues than home entertainment in imaginary worlds. So on one, one phrase, he's saying, you know, this is important to stop you from having. And another phrase, he's saying this is not important at all. So he's a politician. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that people have said, I don't know if you're familiar with the This Week in Tech network, but there's a, a show in there called Windows Weekly and Paul Therod is on there and uh, – He's, he has a kid who's 11, who he bought Modern Warfare 2 for, but he says he th will not allow his son to play the single player. He can play the multiplayer all he wants, but not the single player. And to me, this is this is an example of a parent who's engaged in their children's life. Whereas, as I mentioned earlier, the parents who were not catching their kids downloading 
you know, millions and dollars worth of damages of music off the internet and then wondering why the RAA is knocking on the doorstep. These are parents who are not engaged. And I don't know if that's like the, the state trying to en- social engineer behavior or if they're, if they really think it's a danger, but like in one hand they say it is one hand they say it isn't. And you know, we're, we're in the U S the land of the free or are we? <laughs> <laughs> I, this isn't on the, uh, the outline, but uh, you heard about the, uh, the Venezuelan uh, game ban, the leadership of uh, Venezuela uh, recently just, a couple of weeks ago, uh, banned all violent video games. Really? And I thought Germany was trying yeah. to do that too. No. Well, Venezuela, they're, you know, they've, they felt that it helped dis- it would destroy cultural unity. You know, video games make people too individualistic and oh. all sorts of other things that <laughs> Americans, you know, treasure as being virtues that we all, you know, we're a country of cowboys and rebels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's interesting to see how other countries kind of interpret that kind of effect as being dangerous to potential leadership. Well, it'd probably be important to bring up, you know, the point that I made earlier before we were recording with Ben is that uh, games like Assassin's Creed, I mean, as you're running around the rooftops, you can attract attention or not, but if you don't want to attract attention, you have to kill the guards who are otherwise not bothering you. You know, and they shouldn't have signed up to be guards. <laughs> not my fault. Exactly. <laughs> they knew the risks take, of the job. I will not take responsibility for their life mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know that doesn't mean that in real life I'm walking down the street, somebody you know fusses me. I have to you know stab a knife through their take them out with a yeah. knife from thirty feet away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's not like I have any difficulty. And there are people who really do subscribe to this whole violent games make violent people even though all the studies are saying quite the contrary um but we well, we find people who happen to be pretty disturbed and having other problems in their life and they have video games and therefore the video games are to blame <laughs> well john it's like i said earlier uh while we were talking beforehand was i um in real life i'm a pacifist i mean i absolutely am anti-violence and i own call of duty i mean I think that, I mean, what you said earlier was what made the most sense to me was that it's parents. If a parent doesn't want their child to play violent video games, you don't let them play violent video games. I mean, it's, it, they need to have, the parents need to have that kind of responsibility that, you know, I mean, a, a, a game is rated mature for a reason. It's rated mature because there's, you know, probably a lot of violence, a lot of, la- there could be language, there could be blood, which could be, have a negative effect on a 10 year old kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, before you really have that full understanding of reality, not reality, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and I agree with that because I, I think a lot of the, the people who are, who are clamoring to get Modern Warfare 2 were teenagers who, you know, would not fit in many cases the M rating. And I think that in some cases, like as a teenager, I was a lot more cavalier about things that were violent versus the way I am now. But, you know, there's, there's no substitute for life experience. But. Mm. Uh, that doesn't mean that that's you know that the games I played as a kid have turned me into a violent adult. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I'll always say that I think that that if I mean somebody that plays violent video games and then does something violent, there's a lot more to them than violent video games. Yeah, and that's they're just trying to find a scapegoat, I think. Yeah, I mean, they were they were I mean somebody, I mean I I hate to to bring up like an old example but you know like the guys at columbine high the columbine high school shooting that they said you know like these guys played doom and stuff like that 
and yeah. so did 50 million other people who yeah. didn't yeah exactly but but i just had the thought of i mean these these kids had so much more wrong with them that i mean the game the violent games probably didn't help but they didn't cause it. Well, to me, violent games are actually a bit of an outlet, but not necessarily for my psychotic need to kill people tendencies. But like when I when I bought Fear Two, I had a specific desire. <laughs> I needed to shoot somebody that I hadn't shot before. <laughs> That's all it was. <laughs> and it's and I showed you that that visor in there with the with the, the blood splattered across it, and it, it's it's yeah. it, it's interesting. Like in real life, blood makes me sick to the point like I I. I've got to sit down or I'm going to Ralph. Like, seriously cannot take people bleeding. And I, I was never unclear that I was not going in the medical profession. I knew that that was not a path I could ever take. Um, I just can't handle a rare steak. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I, and I've been through the health animals with health problems with the animals. I've I've been through my mother passing away. You know, it's, it's just like... It, you. I have a real sense for mortality. And, and these things in real life affect me greatly. In the games, though, bring it on. I want that body splattered with pieces or jibs, as we call them, flying everywhere. <laughs> um, and Fear 2 really gave me what I needed at that particular time because I was really stressed because work had just dialed up to a point where like I could not make people happy. And I was getting chewed out by customers left and right. And like nothing I could do. I couldn't make them happy no matter how hard I worked at it. And so... And I was I kept ending my shift with this this pent up stress, and so I'd fire up the game, and after 15 minutes, I'm like I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the beauty of video games is that it's a release. Yeah. You know, it like for me, like I'm a huge movie buff, and movies are to me a release from reality, and. Like there there are movies I like and movies I don't like, but for me, for like that hour and a half, two hours, whatever, it's a time when I don't have to think about all the crap going on around exactly. me. Exactly. And and video games are a very similar situation. It's just a time when, you know, if I've had a stressful day and I need to let off some steam, yeah, go home, play some Call of Duty, play or I mean, even better, you know, play some Dead Rising or something and run around and beat zombies to death with a TV, you know? Well, you're, since you're... I wanted to say, uh, no pun intended, but the moment has passed, because you said steam. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, since you're you're an evil console gamer, you and Jeff. Ah, um, uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, and proud of do, it. Do, do either of yeah, you bigot. have a DS or play with a DS? <laughs> I, I uh, play with my DS all the time because I'm not at home very often. Uh, I, all I have is a 360 and a PlayStation 2. Although the last car trip we took, I did find my Game Boy Color, and that oh. That made for hours of fun on a 10-hour car ride. <laughs> well, the thing I was I just want to mention is the, the news thing that we found out. Uh, Nintendo is releasing a bigger DSi in Japan. And I guess... Oh, yeah, the, the LL. And I guess the only reason they're doing it is because like people are having trouble seeing the small display on the smaller model. Is that, well, is it, that it? Because I thought they made it bigger. On they the... made it a lot bigger. In, um, but I think personally that this is a move to help... Uh, accommodate their elderly market that they have in Japan. They have a lot of adults and businessmen who buy DSs to uh, play the uh, the English learning games and mm-hmm. things like that. And a lot of the functions and features of this new DS kind of help support my theory. Like, there's a uh, dictionary built into it and, you know, a couple, better internet browser and things like that. And if you see this, this thing is like almost a netbook. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty big, and the stylus for it is a full size pen. Yeah, I was looking at the pictures. It looks like a regular click pen. 
Yeah, it, I had to say real quick, it sounds like what you're saying here is that they use video games to learn, whereas, as we were just talking, we use them because we just like to shoot crap. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's no doubt about it, Japan has a different focus on gaming, but actually um, th- there's been this rumored uh, breakdown of the gaming industry that might be happening, and I'm not sure if it really is coming or not, but they think like just like in the 80s where games just kind of petered out. Um, Japan is supposedly seeing the early effects of this. Which is why they're kind of There's digging down a tr- real shift yeah. from what is the video game power of the world from Japan to being in the United States and Europe. Yeah, well, it's interesting because mm. you know when I was growing up, you know, all the games came from Japan. You know, so they all had weird translations and kind of broken mechanics and all sorts of other weird things in them that kind of spoke to a Japanese culture that was only translated for Americans, and now. Yeah, you know, people in Japan are importing American games. Yeah, I guess the Xbox actually did get some traction there, although it was a weak market for them. Well, what happened was Japan's favorite genre of game is the role-playing game. They love RPGs over there. And yeah, it was 250 hours plus. Yeah, I know. So Sony <laughs> yeah, wasn't getting a bunch of the, bunch of the RPG licenses that that made the PS2 so strong over there because they had so many RPGs on the PS2. But the 360 started getting, you know, the licenses for, you know, Star Ocean and all, all sorts of other RPGs that J- Japanese gamers love. And when those games started coming out, you saw the sales of the 360 pick up in Japan, which had always been very, very, very weak. And it's really interesting to see that uh, Microsoft was starting to pick up where uh, Sony was kind of dropping the ball. Well, now Sony things are evening out a little more. But has Sony picked back up there since the PlayStation 3 came out then? Oh, yeah. Sony Sony is really picking up right now. Because of the price drop, um, yeah. Because of the price drop, which is something they desperately needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I, I, I will say this. I mean, I have, I have pros and cons for all platforms. So, I mean, it, as as much as I rib on you people for being console players, I have both consoles. I got the 360 and a PlayStation 3. So, to me, no game is barred for me, <laughs> which is the whole goal of that. Well, but for me, the PlayStation 3 I like does, consoles. It, it, I got to say, it, it's uh, even though people say it's so great, this and that, it does lock up a lot more than I would like to admit. Whereas the 360, I think in my life of having my 360, I've had uh, only a handful of lockups. So I would say three in, in the couple of years I've had it. And in one case, it was I think it was because of the cat. In one case, because she laid down behind it, blocking the fans. And by the time I got her out of there, the thing was had stopped responding. I think the only time, <laughs> mine extremely rarely freezes up. The only time it does, um, I've gotten those you know evil red rings twice. Um, was I think was the only it the uh, red ring you have to send it to the shop, or just red ring turn it off, turn it back on? No red ring. It was freaking dead. Like oh. <laughs> I uh, I was on. I'm all, this is this, the one I have is my second Xbox and it died once too and so, so weird to hear that boy say freaking. <laughs> <laughs> you know I was thinking you're, that, you're in the foots of a lot of legacy. There's just no way around that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I'm I'm proud of Dad for that then. Um, but no, but it's like yeah, I, I think the only times when I had any issues with my Xbox freezing up was uh in the pro like it working its way to its you know, unfortunate demise, you mm-hmm. know, and it only do it on my football game right at the end of a game or right before I saved. <laughs> so. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I, that's one of the things I've liked about some of the consolization that's happened in games lately. Um, a little, some people would argue against this, that they want to have control of the saves. I like having no control and having the saves peppered in there so frequently that 
if I lose progress, it doesn't go back that far. I like having both. Um, I definitely prefer the autosave because oh, what game was it? Um, I think it was the Max Payne games. Was uh, they didn't have, they don't have autosave, and so oh, yes. <laughs> I'd put an hour into it and forget to save. <laughs> That's the the first thing I noticed when I shut down. Um, Borderlands for the first time. Usually when you shut down a game, it says all unsaved progress will be lost. Borderlands says all progress will be saved. <laughs> oh, that's hardcore. I'm like, that's, thank you. That's that's exactly what I want, you know? That's way better than losing the last three hours. You know? <laughs> if I'm going to spend the last three hours doing nothing <laughs> productive, it better get saved. Exactly. <laughs> we we kind of covered what we're playing now because we all kind of mentioned it. So let's talk about what we're looking forward to. I think that would be a good good next step assassin's mm. creed 2 i'd say mass effect 2 for me i, I would say assassin's creed 2 <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna get it when it comes out because i just bought call of duty and you same, know christmas is coming up but yeah. I'm, I'm gonna ask for it for christmas oh yeah but uh yeah i mean i'll get it eventually because the first game was just so incredible i gotta get it exactly and w- w- what was your thought on the first game did you did you did any of the repetition bother you or anything no not Cause i thought all. the repetition I mean, gave me a chance to kind of master how he, he does things yeah, I mean that's it gives you that chance, and I mean for me it was like what I said with Wolverine is it was the stuff you did was fun, so I I, I never got tired of it. I I never got tired of free running. I never got tired of climbing tall buildings or you know getting in sword fights and or the stealth kills. Every like every aspect of that game, like the more you did it, the better you got at it, and the more fun it yeah. got. At the there was the initial shock of it of whoa, this is really cool, and then. Well, I you just know, love the go anywhere. It's like it's like you know Spider-Man made real. Like the, there's no place in the city barred for you for the most part. Although the, the first time I played through, I was I was cussing at that that last battle with uh, I forget the guy's name, but because they, they for the whole game they pretty much taught you to avoid conflict and not have to like jump into the battles. So on my uh-huh. second playthrough, granted I still would. Well, but... <laughs> you you have to, but like uh, on my second playthrough. I actually uh, went into uh, Damascus after I'd opened up the whole town and made it my goal to eliminate every guard in the whole town. And uh, they, they respond though, but <laughs> I, I gave it the old college try. So I, I actually, the second playthrough when I reached the, the enemy, uh, he, he was a big pushover. So I think that's the difference is like he's really tough if, they, if you don't spend time cultivating your battle skills. And I think this game is actually going to make you do it because mm-hmm. you don't have any weapons for the yeah. most part except for what you steal from people. Mm-hmm. My second playthrough of the game, I made it my goal to actually be more stealthy. Um, like, I think I picked off the first three three or four of your targets stealth. Which, I don't know if I got any of them stealth the first time I played through it. Because I'd go, I'd go at them too fast, or, you know, something would happen and they'd see me. I don't think I ever managed a stealth kill on the targets. I could, I could stealth kill all manner of, of things, but not the, the actual targets. Yeah, I mean, like, I would, like, I actually made myself really take my time and work my way around really slowly and I, I think find the best way to I was on the last enemy of the town that I hated what's the that one um, it's not Damascus it's not Jerusalem it's the other one Akra yeah Akra um, I was on the last character there the one that's in the corner and in, in the fortress whatever and I finally discovered how to like jump off of a ledge and like pin him to the ground and, and assassinate him like all in one fell swoop I was like, oh, I'm gonna use that for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, the the you know sprint at them, crazy flying leap into their throat is way cooler, but 
just you know just to try the if i tr- if i play through a game a second time i try to do it a little differently yeah well i always race through the first one from the first I gotta, I gotta see the end of the story and then the second time i savor it a bit more uh-huh. and i'm always like that I, even even when i've played missed games i've done that where i've just you know just zip through the first and the second time i'm like oh, what's over here what's this or what can i do with this mm-hmm. like i still yeah. i've only found about 10 of the laptops you can find in call of duty modern warfare one yeah i've i have been exploring levels more to try to do it but man i don't the problem is i get distracted by the mission and then just move ahead because there's guys there and then and then remember, oh yeah, I was gonna do this. Oh well. For the very <laughs> there's people there. Just open fire. For the very first time, I have actually managed to crawl through the tall grass and all gillied up, where the tanks and the soldiers are walking towards you without them realizing I'm there. You can get through the. Wow! I as soon as they saw me, they always killed me. I always have to try to get through that one. Still. No, I, I did stealth. What I'm saying is, that I actually managed it for once. Like all, what I, I uh-huh. failed at it so many times that I just gave up and oh, I went back oh, to the, gotcha. the watchtower and just waited for them to pass by. Oh, oh! I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. I had a hard time with that part too. I never even thought to do and that. Yeah, I just did it like twenty straight. Times. But what I kept doing was going off to an angle towards a tank, and once I got past the guy who was next to the tank, take a quick cut to the left, and it was like, oh, that was easy. Mm-hmm. So, what were you looking forward to again, Jeff? Um, actually, a couple of games, but uh, Mass Effect Two is something I mentioned, but I don't really have a lot to say about that other than I like the first one so much that the second one... Well, unlike uh, Night's Little Republic, this one actually is developed by Bioware. Right. But there's another game that's a little more obscure that I'm looking forward to, uh, Endless Ocean 2 on the Wii. Uh, The first Endless Ocean is kind of one of my little guilty pleasures, except there's not Mm -hmm. much guilty about it. The game has no plot really and no purpose it's just this beautiful ocean reef and you drive your little boat around and you dive and explore these little underwater reefs it's essentially meditation turned into a video yeah and they play this beautiful relaxing music Uh, most of the soundtrack was done by Haley westenra she's one of those uh celtic women singers and beautiful voice and it just it's like Valium in video game form. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like everything that is not Call of Duty or something. <laughs> it, it, but it, it's, it's so relaxing, and their sequel to it is supposed to be coming out, and I'm really looking forward to that because I really enjoyed the first one. And there was even online play, and I'm probably the only person ever to play that game online with someone else. And it was just kind of neat exploring these caves with another diver. What are you looking forward so to, it's like Patrick? Video game scuba diving? Yeah, and it, huh. there there's no plot or anything. You're just discovering new fish, and there's all sorts of little neat things to find. Like there's a sunken pirate ship at one point that you can find, and there's some undersea ruins that you can explore. And that but sounds pretty cool, actually. It, it's it's a lot of fun, and I think it's a game that would really appeal to anyone who really liked Uru or the exploring aspect. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that most gamers do have an exploring aspect, even if they don't, you know, want to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. doing it because. You know, part of the reason we are so attracted to good graphics is because we like being in that experience. It's it's. it's well, I think you, you can only Rambo your way through a mission so many times. Eventually, you do want to see what's around you. I think. Yeah. Um. You you said you had a PlayStation Two. Did you ever play Shadow of the Colossus? No, I didn't. Um. The only reason I'm aware of it is because of the movie Rain Over Me. But uh. <laughs> oh um, yeah, I, I was in that. <laughs> I loved that movie so much. But um. But yeah. Um. 
I I couldn't decide if I wanted to try it or not, and I just kind of never did, and I've pretty much given up renting because it's so expensive now. Uh, but no, I'd never tried it. it. It's worth it. That's a wonderful game. Where I was going with huh. that is that... Uh, and it's probably cheap by now too. Um, is that most likely? Yeah. That's the company that did Ico, and they did that game. And now their their new one coming out early next year, uh, The Last Guardian, looks really amazing. But of course, you know, there's a uh, the Penny Arcade comic that kind of makes fun of what you know. <laughs> what is essentially what's going to happen is like you know, there's only one of two ways this game is going to end: either the creature's going to die or the kid's going to die, <laughs> or both, <laughs> or both. <laughs> And and the one guy's like, you know, I don't know if I want to put myself through that. And it's of course just like the other ones. It's supposed to be an emotional journey. And I I never played Shadow of the Colossus, but the company says they would love to uh, re envision it with like high definition graphics and sell it on the PlayStation Network. So if they do, I will be getting it. Oh, I would buy that. <laughs> well, you would need the PlayStation Three for it, of course. I have heard very good things about that game. <laughs> it's really great, and a lot of people don't pick up on the fact that Ico and Shadow of the Colossus seem to take place in the same world, even though they're very different games. Uh, I would say that Shadow of the Colossus ends up being a direct prequel to Ico, but it's very, very subtle, and a lot of the gaps here are supposed to be filled in by yourself. And I think that's kind of what I liked about it. It was like storytelling, but open-ended. So that the you know the player gets to help write part of the story yeah. and decide what happens in the. Well, that's end. where I always say like you know in certain horror movies like um, like I've I watched the Saw movie and I, I saw the first three and then I'm like okay I'm done, but I thought the first movie left the horror to where it does the most damage in your mind. So oh my gosh so, yes the first one was so scary. so like when when you when your mind is filling in the blanks my imagination is unfortunately way better than any special effects. <laughs> and uh, like they, they talk about the guy who who crawled through the razor wire and got cut so deep they went to his stomach. They never showed him in that scene, and my mind filled in the blanks, and I was disgusted. And you know, <laughs> well, that, well, it's like why the shark was so scary in Jaws was you never saw it. I mean, until the, the end of the movie. movie. Yeah, I mean that's not. I think not not seeing it is way scarier. You know, it's like you know, it's like the movies where. The like the horror or thriller movies or whatever where it's nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Okay, something, nothing, nothing, everything. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but people, people always like. To me, that I thought the Blair Witch Project was really scary, and a lot of people don't like it. And uh, I think the problem was like first, I, I I did what my parents did when they when they rented it. I'm sitting there like, what is this crap? Why are we watching this? <laughs> and then before you know it, it's it's kind of like um, District Nine. Before you know it. The story has started, and you're into it. District Nine was awesome. Yeah, so it's like, oh I my god, it. I love District Nine. So you know, <laughs> but after you know, as you're watching the beginning, I'm like, God, I don't, I don't like this guy, or I don't like these people, and I don't like the story. Why am I sitting here watching this movie? Oh, that's right, because I paid twenty bucks. And ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go at eleven in the morning. It's nine twenty-five to see the movie, then another five for popcorn, another five for your soda. Yeah, and I, I was dragged by friends, and I, I didn't really want to go to that but uh i actually i was literally like there, there's some t- some st- things do get me pretty good like when i played doom 3 i was there were points i had to put the game down i was literally shaking like it just had me i'm so un- i that game i am unashamed that that game scared the crap out of me like mm-hmm. i i could literally when i first started playing that game for about the first two weeks i could play it for a half hour yep. 
And then I had to stop because I was way too scared. It took me a solid week before I manned up and played it at night. <laughs> that was my experience with Silent Hill 3. I could only play it for 15 or 20 minutes because my chest would start hurting. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a good Well, it tells you, it tells you, you know, you know play it in the dark, turn up the speakers, get in the experience. So I did all that. <laughs> it's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> and, and so, like, you know, uh, one of the things, the website that's now gone for Doom 3 had this sound like just 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 like you've got to mute your speakers like quiet the website is scary (laughs) (laughs) well i mean like think about just the the press start screen on doom 3 i mean you you know you hear just like breathing or whispers whispers are way scarier than screaming yeah well there's also like part of the game i would like get those little journals that you could listen to and i would turn them on just to hear another voice because like in the beginning like you all you're hearing is everyone scream over oh help me oh they got me and then like then suddenly you notice it's quiet yeah honestly i think the journals had me so scared though because i always had this feeling i don't think it ever happened but as soon as i look at this thing something's gonna jump out at me (laughs) well that that's what would happen is i would keep playing too much and then like i wouldn't hear the rest of the journal but it would fill that void for me but. Yeah, that's thing. I'd be I'd be terrified to not be looking at the screen, you know. <laughs> so what are you uh, what are you looking forward to, Patrick? <laughs> I I heard you vainly try to ask me that one, so that that makes me laugh a little bit. Anyway, I was actually thinking long and hard about how I was going to answer that question, and what I realized is that I can't look forward to anything because I have too much to catch up on. I need to play Borderlands. I want to play Uncharted too. I need to play a bunch of old games that I've never played. So, you know, I'm, that's what I'm currently trying to do is, you know, get my act together in terms yeah. of... Because now I have Windows. Now I have Windows, which means I can play all those old Windows games, Fallout I want to get to at some point. You know, it's supposed to be just, you know, a wonderful classic game. Uh, you know, so I'm working my way up. Yeah. But uh, I, I think just like uh, I, I urged Jeff, I think, Ben, you, you, you do yourself a disservice not having a PlayStation 3. So get on that, would you? <laughs> I, I will eventually. Um, <laughs> add it to my I, I'm thinking list. maybe in, in a year or so, you know, hope that price goes down, maybe another 50, 100 bucks and wait till maybe I have yeah. a, a job that actually pays me a little bit more money and mainly wait for God of War 3 to come out. For those of us who, who bought the PlayStation months before the price drop, who are ouching still from it, <laughs> I, I've got the 160 gigabyte drive that came with mine because I bought the bigger one to have the bigger drive. And then I realized they said you can replace the drive easily. I almost returned it. So I could get the small drive and just upgrade it on my own. I put a 500 gigabyte drive in it, and I, I use Handbrake to turn my movies for my DVD collection into digital Ooh. files, because then when you fire up the movie, it just click. There's the movie. Movie starts. So, huh. you know, you shouldn't steal from us. I'm like, well, I paid for the DVD and it's in my hand, so you're preaching to the converted. Or the movie previews that um, on the Blu-ray player, it won't let you skip for whatever reason. And so I like the digital rips, or even if it supported the the copy-protected uh, video files, I have some TV shows from iTunes that, again, you click it and it starts. Like, that's that's what, you know, the, the uh, you know, pay-for-play should work as. Even if uh, mm-hmm. you do uh, Netflix, I mean, you're paying and you can stream, you click and it starts. I'm like, I don't, DVDs seem like such a step back from that. I would pay more if Netflix would just get everything on the streaming. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, I think I'd. I may almost. I'm almost willing to get Xbox Live purely for the streaming on there. Because it's free on the PlayStation. Just, is getting in now too. Yeah, I got it. I just on the can't. PlayStation. It's. It's so hard for me to bring myself just to sit at my computer for like. I mean, 
a movie I'm going to watch on there is probably something big, you know, like one that I really want to see. Like, one, like if I watch like a two and a half hour movie on there, that means I have to sit and stare at my computer for two and a half, three hours, you know, not actually doing anything, like messing around on there or whatever. Yeah, that sounds like work to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my, my desk is, is arranged a little differently. I think that most people, my chair is fluffy and comfy. My subwoofer is a nice little footstool. Um, so, you know, to me, the computer desk is incredibly comfortable because it's it's a workspace for me. And so it's, it's part ergonomic and part a really enjoyable experience because I've got THX certified speakers and my proximity from my 20-inch widescreen monitor is probably better than my sitting in the living room with the 37-inch HD TV. So, I get... Honestly, I'm, I'm a big couch fan, so... Me Grant, too. I don't have a couch in my room, and I have a, a really old swivel chair that... I love that chair, and I've had it for years, and I'll keep it for years more, but I, I move too much. Like, I mean, first off, I have ADD, so I can't sit still for a long time anyway, but to sit at my computer and not do anything else for two hours isn't easy. <laughs> like, I'll usually play video games and have, like, an instant messenger open at the same time. Yep. When I play Warcraft, that's what I was. It was always in a window, and I always have a chat, or I'd be on Skype, or I'd have something else, or I'd watch a TV show from Hulu or something. Yeah, I'm not a big single tasking computer user myself. That's one of the problems I'm actually having is like watching TV is a difficult proposition for me today because like you have to sit through the commercials. So I want to record it on DVR so I can fast forward that. But I'll be sitting there. I was like, maybe I'll go get my laptop <laughs> so I could be doing something else <laughs> while the TV shows on. I can't just and that's actually one of the problems I have with going to the movies is sitting down and being subject to like their experience the way they want to deliver it like today especially today when you go to the movies and you have all these commercials beforehand i think movies are the one place i don't have trouble with that is because for me i mean like like i said earlier i'm a huge movie buff and so i can like i can sit and watch i mean like i saw uh 2012 the other day and it's two and a half hours and i had no problems yeah i saw that yesterday now, granted, I, like, I saw King Kong and almost fell asleep because it was nine and a half hours long. Give <laughs> <laughs> or, or take, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, uh, I will say it was a quality movie. It was, but it was three hours long and should have been two. So mm-hmm. I'm sure Peter Jackson just... Yeah, like half an hour of killing bugs for no reason. Yeah, I mean, that would have been cool for five minutes. But eventually, like, it really... It's, it's weird when action scenes get boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like the whole the whole sort of like romance subplot where like there's like a kind of but not really romance between her and Kong is just like mm-hmm. it's the skiing scene where you sit there and you say I understand there's a thing but this is just weird. This yeah. is making me un- for me, like the one that really set it off, where I finally <laughs> just went, the- this movie's boring and I wanted to end was on the frozen river. Like five minutes of them just sliding around. <laughs> And I just thought, okay, they have a connection. I've got yeah. it. Please, climb the building and kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and the, yeah. I went to like a 9 o'clock showing, too, so the movie didn't get out till like 12, 30, 1 o'clock. But that, like, that was just not needed. Like, it was not needed at all. Like, yeah, we get that there's a connection. Don't, Don't make it creepy. And they use, and yeah. they use it, it as a creepy. commercial for uh, HDTV, too, later on. I saw that. <laughs> Have you heard about the crap they're getting for those? Uh, for the ones like the Tommy Boy one, and uh, oh, there was another uh, the Poltergeist one because Chris Farley and the little girl had died, and so they're saying like it was in bad taste to use them in the commercials. No, I haven't heard of that. By that same logic, it's bad taste to use Art, you know, Sir Alec Guinness or any other actor who has ever died. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I guess in a commercial, yeah. I don't well, know. I guess in the I commercial, just, it's because it's kind of a shameless people, plug kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's just because also people look for things to be offended by. So. Yeah, that, that is... I don't know, that yeah. was just on news, and I just happened to claim That's that. something I want to cover on, on one, of our, uh, one of our bullet points in the future cast is uh, the... the the rabid fan syndrome where we run into these, these people who just, uh, Nick and I were talking about it earlier about people just like we were talking about the, uh, the argument with the Australian dude in the government, uh, Atkinson, they, he was talking about how the gamers are like, Oh, you suck. And like, well, that's all the argument you bring to the table. That's kind of why did you even bother <laughs> opening your mouth or, you know, taking the time to type that. And I said, well, I think you kind of see that everywhere. I mean, in, in political discussions, anything that, that has any kind of, you know, hard-hitting scandal, you're, you're going to see that kind of thing. Mm. But Yeah, I'll give you a good reason for why I don't like politicians, not just that they suck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, but that's the thing is that people don't bring a lot of good arguments to the table. Mm-hmm. and It's kind of that YouTube comment mentality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's probably the best description of that I've heard. I like that. Yeah, I've actually seen this this video of this cute puppy um, being owned by an Asian couple, and they disabled the comments for obvious reasons. And uh, I I don't know, like I don't they bathe the puppy, they they play with the puppy, and like it's not like there's any kind of like anything sideways. But I'm sure that somebody took some assumption and and went with it, you know. Yeah, that's. And crazy. you know, you see some. Some kid, you know, talking about I've been working out for whatever weeks, and he's, you know, he's like the skinny little thing. He's got like these little bulges in his arms, and people are like gay. I'm like, why do you have to? <laughs> what what is what good does it do to, to to put that negativity out into the world? Because because it makes them cool. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, think it's it's like the high school bully. You know, oh, you're stupid. All right, someone high five me. <laughs> yeah, it, that's how I gain my validation. And well, that's also the. As I said, I have, I've been looking for some good, like, nail it in a bullet point article. Uh, there's this point that I see that, like, a lot of people uh, in what I would call a less mature mentality tend to see things as either it sucks or it's awesome. There's no middle ground. It either is good or is not good. It's binary. Yeah. Well, I mean, the internet the internet gives people this sort of sense of security where, like, they feel that they can say whatever the heck they want without any sort of repercussions at all. And so they just kind of, like, people, I mean, you, you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about. You must. It's like, people oh, yeah, yeah. say things that, like, nobody would say ever in, like, a real-life situation. But they somehow think that they're exempt from any sort of blame because it's the internet and because... They are here. Oh yeah! When Do you remember that case gosh. where uh, that that woman savaged this poor thirteen-year-old girl on is it was on Facebook or something, and the girl ended up committing suicide. Yes, no, that was MySpace. MySpace, yeah. and um, I thought, you know, people were like, you know, well, this this woman should this or that, and I said, well, you know, if the girl committed suicide, I, I kind of, and she's thirteen, I think the parents are partly to blame there. It, it, I mean, they should. They need to, yeah, some type of. They, they should have. Monitoring. They should have been aware. And if and if it's the parents bringing the lawsuit, I'm like, that, why didn't you know that was going on in the first place? You know. Yeah. And so. Well, it's, but, well, kind of like like the Star Wars kid's mom, I think, sued, afterwards, but because I think he went, like, didn't he lose it for a while or something? Which Star Wars kid? The. Oh, the, the chubby the, kid who's swinging yeah, the chubby that one. Ah, ah, yeah. Yeah. Similar to Darth Maul from Episode One. Yeah. <laughs> But Wouldn't that be really. awkward if he was listening to us right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean no disrespect if he is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the video was funny, but you know what? He did it better than I could have. <laughs> I would have fallen over. He never fell. I would have. And he's more famous than I am. Well, he's 
way, yeah, definitely. But because of the, the way people can get away with just saying whatever they want, thinking that there's no mm-hmm. repercussions, I would support the, the idea. I, I don't know if it's Korea or China that did it, where like you can't get on the internet without your particular personal identification number. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that should be implemented. Although people say, oh, Big Brother. I was like, think about how quickly we could stop spammers. Oh, that'd be awesome. You know? oh. uh, but uh, so there's that. Uh, we could track down th- these people trafficking uh, identity theft, whatever you I mean. There's there's so many benefits to it. I don't, I don't think that I would mind it because I, I think that it would dial up the decency and maybe even the IQ level of the, the discourse on the internet. But that's just my opinion. What is good, though, is, you know, most of the time you see, like, a YouTube video or something and somebody just responds that, oh, this is this sucks, or, you know, the, or this is gay. Then the next ten comments are just people bashing that one person for <laughs> yeah. being stupid. Mob mentality. And then you have the same war! Yeah. And then it just goes to a point where eventually they stop, the original poster stops allowing comments. Yeah, and you usually, you see that with all kinds of stuff. For some reason, there are scandals, like the, like, if there's news for or against macintosh or four against microsoft invariably the, somebody from the mac camp jumps in and starts you know trolling and vice versa mm-hmm. and you know we we had a thread on um the the old republic forums for the new mmo that's coming out saying we would like a mac client you know if you haven't considered it please consider it um even if it's a, if it's a cider wrapped port kind of deal you know so we can play it natively on our macbooks you know and the biggest mmo world of warcraft is available for the mac and Suddenly, these PC, PC people are dropping in there to like tell us that they shouldn't or this. That like, we, if we get a Mac port, it's not at the expense of the PC port. What do you gain from objecting? You know, and being cool, getting high fives yeah, from other people that, that object. That's, that's that's the kind of thing I just I just don't get. I guess. Mac users. <laughs> Anywho, let's let's tie this off. Uh, well, that's where we're gonna end for now. This is the cavern today. Over the fence. Signing off. Yeah, this one's gone between feeling long and short just because I kind of got a pee. So. <laughs> <laughs> that could get edited out or stay <laughs> Make that new guy do it. <laughs> it's a Moab here to tell you. <laughs> I wonder, hello everyone. This I wonder if you could have sold that. That would have been funny. We should have tried that. I bet he could have. I, mm-hmm. I, I could do my best. I mean. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Moog. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I think you could sell it. <laughs> I, I've called my dad a nerd before. I mean, <laughs> you're like an edgier clone of Moog. That's, that's, as I say. Oh, quality just shot up. That was awesome. When he said freaking earlier, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... I, uh, I feel kind of bad because I feel like I didn't have much to contribute during this yeah, podcast. Yeah, and uh, you are actually on probation now because of that. Like, my, my roommates always knew when I was playing my football game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I would literally just sit there and scream at my players, all the, like, sometimes at the top of my lungs. I just get I get so angry at them. My, my normal complaint is, it's cheating. That's why the game has to cheat. <laughs> oh, no, you, you, you couldn't do it fair. You had to cheat. <laughs> anyway, let you go. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, hey, guys, it was a pleasure. Hopefully get to do it again sometime. All right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. later. Bye. Bye. Bye.